Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. It's fall. The geese are headed south. And it's time for you to hit the woods. So button things up, find where they hide, and pattern the deer you seek. Come into Cabela's Great Outdoor Days and save over 20% on Herder's Select Grade Handgun Ammo. Save $180 after mail-in rebate on Walther PPS M2 pistols with instant savings of $80. And get a Vortex Diamondback 3.5 to 10 by 50 V-Plex rifle scope, just $149.99. Shop in-store and at Cabela's.com. This is the Drive and Dish Podcast. 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 Talking about NBA news, stats, and fantasy. To start it off, it's Tim Tompkins. The counterbalance to the death lineup isn't putting Durant at the four. It's putting Robertson at the four, which the entire time I've been railing on Robertson, I've been saying it's because he's not a shooting guard. <laughs> Kevin refused. <laughs> good, but I don't want to be stuck in the limbo of mediocrity. I don't want to gamble that maybe one day there's a Harden trade out there. I don't want to gamble that some team is going to be stupid and let a Steve Nash walk out the door and go to Phoenix the way Dallas did, where you stumble upon a superstar. And Justin Kuzak. When you're taking away driving lanes from LeBron James, that's going to really, that's LeBron's thing is, is he's just a beast and he gets in there and Bo gets down there saying no and, and, and causing some problems and at least just getting in the way, which usually helps. Well, if you like that, you're going to love this. Well, if anything, this is the point where we all sit there and get real excited. Let's do this! Let's go. Welcome to a very special episode of the Drive-In Dish NBA podcast. My name is Justin with Kevin Rayfuse and Tim Tompkins bringing you the Drive-In Dish Takes On Summer League Part 2. This is our second year going down to Orlando Summer League. This episode is going to be a little bit different than the normal. We're going to jump in and out of clips of what we've recorded uh, down at the games on Saturday. Some interviews, some game recaps, some prospect talk. We even met up with our buddy Keith Smith and talk to him about some of the uh, salary cap situations going forward and specifically about the Orlando Magic. So no intro, no news, just straight Orlando Summer League talk, interviews, and some uh, basketball play. Well, we are sitting down here with Keith Smith. Keith, official friend of the show. You can follow him on Twitter at KeithSmithNBA. Keith is with Real GM as well as today's Fast Break. Keith, how did the today's Fast Break happen? Because the last couple of times we've had you on the show, it has just been Real GM. So just trying to expand a little bit of the writing out there, get with a different organization, with a different look. So with Real GM, I'm 
mostly focus on the CBA, salary cap, and roster building. With today's fast break, I'll be covering the magic um, exclusively with them, just with the magic. Speaking of the magic, we wanted to talk a little bit of salary cap going into uh, next year because at least for the past week, it's been going pretty crazy. But one of the first players we wanted to talk about going to the magic is Abaka. He was probably the first big one. How do the uh, the Magic feel about that, and how are fans reacting to that? Two opposite ends of the spectrum. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the Magic are very excited. They're happy to have a defensive presence there that can fit what Frank Vogel wants, someone who can protect the rim a little bit more than what the Magic had on the roster prior, as well as he's a good, solid rebounder. Good outside shot, you know, good mid-range game. So they're really excited to have him. Um, I was here for the draft, and when Rob Hennigan talked about it after, you could tell it was a little upsetting for him to have to give up Victor Oladipo. It was his, his guy, right? That was his first pick that he made as the Magic GM. So that was a little little tough for him to give him up, but to come back with a bucket was a move that they had to make. So they're really excited. On the flip side, the fans have been pretty critical. I think they're just looking at it as they gave up a first-round pick, late lottery pick, which ended up being Demonis Sabonis, as well as Victor Oladipo, who was a huge fan favorite, as much as anybody probably the face of the franchise here over the last couple of years. So as far as the face of the franchising, and you're giving up, the Magic had to give up Victor Oladipo, and you just mentioned that you come down, you watch a Magic game, and he's the, the guy on all the signs. Um, he's a, a player that franchises can build around, and it was really surprising to see them give him up, but it was also really surprising in the sense that you guys have Aaron Gordon, and now you're bringing in Ibaka essentially to play the same position. How does bringing in Ibaka hinder or possibly even help Aaron Gordon's development? So I think what they're going to do is they're seeing Gordon now as more of a small forward. So he'll play a lot of small forward um, play out there. Hopefully his jump shot comes along and improves over the course of the summer here and going into next season. So that's where it's looking like they're moving him more towards the wing and away from that power forward. He'll still see minutes there, of course, when they slide Ibaka up to the five um, to replace Vucevic and those things. So, So we'll see what happens with that. But... It's going to be curious to see if he can make it. He seemed like he was kind of walking into that new small ball error power forward. Looked like he was going to be a really good fit there. And now we're going to have to see what it looks like um, the rest of the rest of the way with him at small forward. And we wanted to talk about Fournier uh, because I guess that means Fournier and Mario Herzonia are probably going to share the shooting guard minutes potentially. And uh, they just re-signed Fournier to a five-year, $85 million deal, if I'm not mistaken. I guess touch on his um, salary and how, how all that's working out and if, if he's going to see the starter minutes. So that 585, that's what's been reported. So pretty pretty confident that that's what the number's going to end up being. With Tobias Harris getting traded last year and now Oladipo getting traded this year, Fournier is obviously their number one guy in the wing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rob Hennigan said it was a priority to bring him back, make sure he was part of the team and in the fold. And when you look at compared to some of these other deals that have been given out over the last couple of days, uh, 5 for 85 looks like a relative bargain. An average of $17 million a year is pretty good for his production. So, so he's probably going to drop right into 
into that starting shooting guard spot um, where he's been most comfortable. Uh, that's where he'll fill in. You asked about Hazonia. Hazonia will probably back up both the two and the three. Okay. Um, it's starting to look like the three may be more of his long-term mm-hmm. um, position, but we'll see they, as they also acquired Jody Meeks in the last few days here. So Meeks will probably drop in as more of the backup shooting guard behind Fournier uh, as they're obviously the Magic looking at as much shooting as they mm-hmm. can. That was obviously a place where they struggled last year. So it's th- things are starting to slot in a little bit around the roster. Um, they, they're definitely a little more versatile than they were in the previous year. So, so I think that'll work out well for them. But some of their younger guys like Hazonia and Gordon, there there are some some guys in, you know in front of them now for playing time. Well, just touching on because we talked about trading Victor Oladipo away, and he's he was kind of being the the franchise guy that you would see on the side of the building and stuff like that. I guess is is that going to be Fournier now? Or who's going to be their, I guess, their guy to market? Yeah, I don't know if we know. Uh, mm-hmm. That's the, the tricky thing. I'm not sure that we know who is the real franchise guy now. I want to say, you know, it could be Fournier. Could It could still be Aaron Gordon. Mm-hmm. You know, he's mm-hmm. still got a lot of buzz coming off the slam dunk contest. Yeah. It's funny how many people refer to him as the slam dunk contest winner, <laughs> even though he actually wasn't. <laughs> he should have. He yeah. got right. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, you know. And, and he won. <laughs> Everyone knows this. He, he won everybody's hearts, I guess. Yeah. So, well, you know, yeah. I guess he might as well take that. But so that was the uh, tricky part. So I don't, I don't know. If, I'm curious to see opening night who gets that last introduction. Right, it's usually that's the the star guy, right? The the big franchise guy coming out. So so we'll see what happens um, opening night. Who that is? I think that's something that'll develop here as the rest of the um, off season goes. So the the day the free agency started. Um, and I guess I'll I'll start right at the top. I the free agency started at midnight. Um, I sat up. I watched the vertical show. <laughs> I was so excited. Which it, I I should preface this by saying staying up until twelve thirty is extremely difficult for us at working radio. <laughs> and the only contract that that came down the wire in that first half hour after free agency was Timothy Mozgov. And there were a few things I found funny about this, Keith. And that is probably mostly it's not even the money, which I find ridiculous. It was the fact that they signed him at, like, 12.01. They had to make sure that they got Mozgov before anybody else touched this guy. (laughs) Please, give us your thoughts on this for the Lakers. I'm with you as far as the timing on it, it being the first deal out of the gate. It was I was in the same boat. I had to be up early the next morning too, and I was like, "This is what I stayed up for." Right? You know, and, you know, but it was what it was. So I think it was a case where they wanted to get kind of a backbone presence on the back line for their defense. I think they think Mozgov can be that guy with all the young players around them. Um, so with Brandon Ingram and Julius Randle and D'Angelo Russell. They, they wanted a more of a veteran presence back there so the the tough part is I, I don't I don't know if that's the deal he was going to get anywhere else yeah you know that much money four years 64 million that's a lot of money out there but you know he's a center and big men have continued to get paid yeah you know, this entire off season so far so so I think you know we'll see what happens with it there so it's one of those ones where that is a potential to turn into a bad contract down mm-hmm. the line even mm-hmm. with the cap going up but we'll see where it lands ultimately well, and I guess we wanted to bring up, there's a few other ones, and I know Tim specifically got into arguments with people like this on, uh, with or about this on Twitter. The Solomon Hill contract. I guess explain everything that's going on with the Solomon Hill contract, and if, 
if you think it's a bad uh, bad deal. So let's start with the fact that the Pacers declined his rookie scale option. <laughs> yes, which was is. a really <laughs> awful decision. That, that's you should almost never do that. Mm-hmm. Um, just something that that really ends up causing you problems down the line, especially if a guy ends up playing well as Hill did. Yeah, you know he broke out and did a nice job for the Pacers this past year. Turned into a good, you know, almost a three and D light guy is what I'll call him. I don't, I'm not quite ready to go that far on him yet, but he showed good promise. So they definitely should have tried to keep him um, and kept his rookie scale deal. There's, again, no reason to ever decline one of those. Mm-hmm. But so they were limited in what they can pay him because with that, they can only pay him up to what his amount would have been. So <laughs> with the way the structure is, because what they don't want teams doing is declining those options early and then re-signing guys to these big contracts mm-hmm. later and kind of cheating the system. Mm-hmm. So that's a salary cap mechanism there where they lock that in. So what's going to happen now is he w- was essentially a lock to leave the Pacers because he was definitely going to get more than a roughly $3 million or so. <laughs> they was owed as a rookie-scale deal. So so for the Pelicans, a team that desperately needs depth, they need that 3-and-D presence at the small forward position. He's also a nice small ball four option when Davis slides up to play the center spot. So I think it's actually a really good deal. You know, I'm very happy with it um, for them. And again, they're, they're not a market that guys are looking to go to, to New Orleans. Guys aren't jumping to get there. So for them to, to get him in in there, lock him in, give them that depth that they need on a very reasonable contract, I think that's a win all the way around. I've seen meme after meme, tweet after tweet. Mike Conley, who at one point was called the most underrated player in the NBA. You can't say that anymore. We're talking five years, $153 million. What do you think about this in terms of the money? And you're looking at Mike Conley, I believe he's 31, if I remember correctly. Uh, point guards tend to decline in their production right around 31, 32 as they start to take that real drop. What does this mean for, for Memphis um, and the fact that they paired him with Chandler Parsons? So Memphis had to bring him back. They have nothing else at the point guard position. When he went down last season, they were a complete mess. They rolled through guy after guy, 10-day contract guys, guys that they were making trades for. It was just an absolute disaster for them. So they had to lock him in. Unfortunately, with the way the markets developed, he was the only point guard on the market that was worth any kind of contract near that amount. Um, So for Memphis to get him, they basically had to offer him a maximum deal. So they pushed all the way there to get it. So five years, $153 million, just kind of staggering. As I I threw out there on Twitter, it's a baseball contract, right? It's what it looks like is a baseball deal with with a starting picture against. Not to cut you off, but I was looking because NHL contracts are going on right now too one of the biggest contracts the guy got like 83 million for like seven years or something like that and i was just like that's nothing compared to what basketball is doing right now well no one's here handing the nhl billion dollar tv deals yeah. so that yeah. helps quite a bit but so that's that's really it's just a it's the right timing for mike conley right it's mm-hmm. he was going to get a max contract regardless he happened to hit it in this year where the cap spikes up so much and there's so much available money memphis had to do it so so it makes sense for them all around and at the end of the day it's really just their owner's money that he's mm-hmm. spending mm-hmm. and once they locked up chandler parsons that was basically done that conley was coming back because it wouldn't have made any sense to do that without mike conley coming back 
because then what you need to do is you would have really needed to think about are we going to rebuild mm-hmm. or not. So mm-hmm. once Parsons was in the fold, it seemed to be, all right, Conley's coming back, probably on a max, and that's where they went to. Did you see the uh, the tweet by the owner? Yeah, the baby throwing money <laughs> out the window. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. I mean, hey, good for him for owning it, right? Well, we also wanted to point out another play that was, I guess it was kind of surprising to me because I missed this one in all the hectic free agency day news-breaking uh, Jeff Green got a one-year contract, kind of high price, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, he did. He got one year, reported $15 million from the Magic. It's one of those things a lot of people thought this might be the way it went. You know, one or two years or one plus one deals mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. big money, you know, overpays, you know, 15, 20 million, something in that line. And so far, Jeff Green's the only one that's actually come down the pipe so far. So so we'll see what happens. But it's a nice fit for the Magic. Again, they needed some depth. He'll, he'll swing between the, the three and the four for them, uh, playing behind Gordon and Ibaka probably mm-hmm. to start, you know, fill in and be a spot starter. Uh, he's just a wildly inconsistent player. You know, I watched him a lot when he was with the Celtics, and he'd come out and throw up 35, 40 points, and you'd be like, this guy's great. He's finally going to get there. And then the next there. night he has like five. Yeah. It's it, a roller coaster. It's, it's like the next five nights. There's a mathematical like equation for for that, and I can't remember. I'm figuring out what it's called but for that style of, of, of player where you have somebody that... Regress so, to the mean? No, it's not regressing to... So, so you have the average that there's a player, um, but the one night where they shoot 70%, the next night they shoot 15%, and so their average, you know, over the yes, course yeah. of the season is 45, but there's a certain value in somebody that just always shoots 45, right, yep. as compared to somebody that's shooting 70% one night and, and 10 the other. Yeah, it's and that's exactly what he is. He's just one of those players where you look at him and he looks, look, like you said, looks great that one night and then the next night doesn't look so good. But mm-hmm. before Orlando, again, not a huge market to attract a lot of star players or anything like that. They're getting late in the game on cap space. So this is a good value for them. Mm-hmm. You know, what makes it tricky with a one-year contract, though, is let's say Green finally does become Mr. Consistency and he's, you know, 15 and 7 or something like that every night with good shooting numbers. At the end of the year, you don't have bird rights on him, so it's going to make it that much harder mm. to re-sign him um, for the team. So, but it's worth the gamble, worth the shot. So I think I like it as a depth piece for Orlando. Well, Keith, don't worry, that's that's not going to happen. <laughs> um, are they, so the Orlando Magic? You look, you look at what they're doing, the pieces they've added, and it really seems like they are going all in on as much of a playoff push as they can this year. Didn't they? They just signed another point guard too, didn't they? They did. They signed DJ Augustine. Aug, DJ Augustine. That's right. What do you think of that contract? It, it's not bad. I, I look, The money's fine. It's the years. I don't know that I like giving DJ Augustine a four-year contract. You know, that seems a little off to me, but the, the money is fine. You know, it was um, perfectly valid for a, a backup point guard. Magic need a point guard that can shoot the ball because mm-hmm. Alfred Payton can't. Mm-hmm. So when you're in those tight games in close, at the end, he can borderline be unplayable at times. So, so it's good for them to have that opposite um, type guy behind him that can come in and back him up and give a little bit of a different look so I like Augustine as a fit I just don't love the four-year contract do you feel like the Magic are going all in on this roster to make a playoff push I do and I think they had to um with what's gone on here is right ever since Dwight Howard was traded they've been in that rebuild mode and it's been they get a little bit of a bad rep because they have made progress even last year they made some progress you know they were a better team than the year before um Scott Skiles for all his faults did bring a level of professionalism to the team you know guys did play for the most part, hard every single night. Towards the end of the year, you know, it looked like they were kind of quitting on him a little bit, which can be tough with a taskmaster coach down the stretch when you're not winning games. But 
they needed to make that next step forward. The struggle for the Magic right now is in Orlando, there's only two professional teams, right? Mm -hmm. You've got the Magic and then Orlando City Soccer. And what started to happen down here is in the fall, let's face it, right, we're in Florida, nobody cares about basketball until around Christmas time Mm because everyone's focused on football. And then, so the Magic get this window between December and April where they've got all eyes on them. But if you hit April and they're not good and Orlando City's starting up, and we've seen it the last they few drop years, off. people drop off. No one's coming to the games anymore. People are turning and going to soccer games. So they had to build an interesting winning team that can make a difference in there for the rest of uh, the season. So so they're, they're definitely building up that depth, trying to put a more quality team on the floor, and I think they'll be better you know, as we go on um, later into this season and probably close to, if not, a playoff team. Well, Keith, I feel like we've taken up a lot of your time. Um, is there anything anything you're working on right now that's going to be coming out uh, this coming week that you want people to check out? Or? Yeah, right now I'm working on salary cap updates okay. for Real GM, um, flowing through, trying to make some sense of these new deals, what it looks like, who has what left for cap space. Um, so that'll be going out. If you follow me on Twitter, I also put up a version of my own salary sheets. I okay. post those um, usually once or twice a day if there's been a lot of moves. Hey, just um, a heads up, I actually always have your salary sheet loaded up uh, on, on one of my windows on my computer and the way that you do it is it's a, it's a Google Doc yep. and the neat thing about Google Doc is it always tells you how many people are in there and I'll look in there and I'm like there's a whole bunch of people on this spreadsheet <laughs> right now man. Oh they're all checking it out. Dude you're gaining some notoriety. It's good man you know I hit where the cap's what I do and you can't have more interest in the cap right now than, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, this, than, than there is. There's always you know pe- people are always kind of interested around free agency time but this is something where people have jumped in full force and really want to know so it's been it's been good so i'm doing that and then um for today's fast break my first post actually for them went up i did some uh quick scouting report blurb type things for all the guys that are here with the magic and summer league for the two different summer league teams and then you'll start seeing things from me just more magic focus um, for today's fast break and real gym will continue to be more of the league-wide focus so so we've got some things in the works for over the summer nothing i'm you know ready to share right now <laughs> um, but we're ready because i'll be leaving here and heading out to las vegas okay um, for summer league as oh, soon nice. as we wrap up here in orlando so so it'll be good so it's going to be an exciting summer and hopefully uh Hopefully, you know, things will stay interesting, but maybe slow down just a touch so I can catch up. <laughs> well, when, when you're in Vegas, you got to send me daily uh, Devin Booker updates, all right? Will do, will okay. do. Calling all geek and game nerds out there, I want to let you know about our sponsor, Loot Crate. What Loot Crate is, is it's a monthly subscription service where each month you get a different themed box that arrives at your doorstep. And the thing about this box that's really cool is... It's all exclusive. You can't get the stuff anywhere else. It's going to come with a t-shirt. It's going to come with comic books. It's going to come with little figurines. Really cool stuff. And this month's theme for Loot Crate is futuristic. So it's going to have stuff from Rick and Morty, Futurama, Star Trek, Mega Man, Villiant Comics, and Star Trek. And like I said, includes it includes a model, a figurine, and a t-shirt. And you can help support the drive-in dish and get a few bucks off, $3 off your monthly subscription, to be exact by going to lootcrate.com slash drive and dish and putting in the code drive and dish or if you forget you can just go to our website driveanddishpodcast.com there's a sponsors link at the top of the tab and again go to lootcrate.com slash drive and dish and get that monthly gamer subscription box sent right to your house it's like a present in the mail every month i love it 
So we're talking game two of NBA Summer League here in Orlando right now. Orlando's white team defeating Charlotte Hornets 79-74. to And before we get really into this, Tim Tompkins is here with me, my co-host, as well as Carlton KB, who's a special guest helping us here at Summer League right now. But I think one of the things that you'll see at Summer League that kind of made me just, I got a good laugh out of it, was there were .7 seconds left, and Charlotte's down five points, clearly not going to get the victory. But they call that final timeout, even though it's .7 seconds left. They want to get that final good look. It's just a classic teaching moment, which is stuff that you won't see anywhere than Summer League. So you guys were out there longer than I was because uh, Justin and I were grabbing some audio from Keith Smith, which uh, you heard. But uh, what players stood out? big player that stood out for me was Deshaun Thomas, uh, number 23 forward on Charlotte uh, in a losing effort, scoring 19 points, uh, 8 of 14 from the field, real efficient. He's a guy that we uh, caught up with after the game. He's, he's been bouncing around. He's been in Europe the last few years, actually came back. This is his first time back in America. He's playing overseas in Barcelona, so real efficient effort from him, 19 points in 29 minutes, like I said. The other guy on Charlotte that stood out, not necessarily in a good way, was Aaron Harrison. Aaron Harrison, only 2 for 13 on the day. Finished with 12 points, so he's one of eight to start, just really tough. But after the game, we talked with him as well, showed a lot of composure and, uh, you know, seemed ready to bounce back. Knew it was a bad game, but, you know, seemed ready. I know he's really taken a lot of time in the offseason to work on his jump shot. He's trying to make this Charlotte roster. It's his second straight summer league. So we'll see if he can make the jump this year. We're looking to definitely be looking for a bounce back. Same with me, Deshaun Thomas. With with the NBA going into small ball more and more now, he seems like the perfect guy for a five, five if you're going super small, but before he could definitely guard multiple positions and he was able to put the ball on the ground. He looks a little bit more comfortable in his three-point game than he did back in college. You, as, you may, as you guys may remember, he was either hot or he was cold. There was no in-between. So now he's taking him with more confidence. He didn't let the misses early affect them. And also, like you said, Aaron Harrison, they, they look like they're trying to focus him more on point guard. He He's definitely undersized two guards, so they're trying to make him focus on point guard. Like you said in this interview, he's trying to learn a balance between setting up other players and then setting up himself as well. Well, in Orlando White, number 50, Arinze Anawaku, a bit of an older guy, actually born in 1987, so he's 28 years old. I saw but, there was another guy, too, born in 1985, and I was thinking, that old guy, or that old fuck, and I was thinking, oh, wait, I'm older. <laughs> yeah, 6-9 <laughs> uh, yeah, from the field, you know, really nice game, 16 points. I mean, the thing with Orlando White that I liked in this game, and I don't know if it's just by the fact that Frank Vogel is already their coach, but Orlando really came out with defensive intensity from the first quarter. They were really active hands on defense, really swarming the ball at all times, and you know it kind of made Charlotte get out of rhythm. Orlando got off to this first quarter lead, and it, it really helped set the tone and that kind of carried them throughout the rest of this game. Already, again, you know we don't want to get too hot takey. Frank Vogel's already been here, and it's just summer league. But you know if that's what they're going to be preaching, defensive identity, it, it really showed there a bit. Now, did you see Frank Vogel on the court? I didn't see him. No, personally. Frank Vogel is not here. Today. Did not see him. Uh, uh, one player I was really impressed with was Brandon Fields, and I think it was more of an eye test game. Now, I don't think, Carlton, you agreed with me as much. You're looking at the stat sheet right now, though. The guy went 0 for 4. Uh, he was a D-league guy, and I believe he played for the Austin Spurs last season. Um, but it seemed like, for one, he was just running the offense really well, but for two, his, his defensive uh, aggression um, when he was guarding the ball handler uh, I thought really made an impact, but Carlton, you don't seem to. No, I mean you're right. He definitely played, looked good defensively. But can you afford to ha play four on five on offense when that one guy that you're ignoring is the point guard? He's the one who has to set up everyone. Well, there's there's an entire theory to that, right? And then and the entire theory to that is you want to put the ball in the guy's hands who can't shoot because 
you still have to guard the guy. He was still he was still a positive. He was still a plus two on the box on the box plus minus. But I just I, I I thought that he played a really good game, and I actually I was shocked when I went back and looked at the stat sheet to to find out they went over four from the field. Another one was uh, Gabe York out of Arizona, and uh, he was a shooting guard out of Arizona. He he went undrafted, and I was a bit surprised to see him doing so much of the ball handling duties for that second unit for the Charlotte Hornets. They were really trying to get him going beyond the arc. You know, three of his eight field goal attempts all from three-pointers. You know, uh, they were trying to talk to Coach Patrick Ewing about that after the game, definitely getting involved a bit there. Also, another fun fact before we uh, before we get out of here, another fun fact, wrapping up on this game, is that the Hornets and Orlando White both had 36 points in the paint, both on 18 of 33 shooting from the paint. So, go figure. Exact go figure. same stats. So, the second year in a row, though, so far, what's your guys' impressions of Summer League? <laughs> I mean, it's great. I mean, the biggest thing for me is just, you know, what, what I like about Orlando's Summer League is when you compare it to Vegas and you compare it to Utah and some of these other leagues is you really have an intimate setting here, you know, just being in the Magic's practice gym and, you know, really getting the feel of what's going on. You know, you can hear what coaches are saying in the huddles. You can hear what players are saying on the courts. You really get to, you know, you really see these guys out here battling. You get a true close-up view of it, and that's probably my favorite thing about Orlando Summer League. I like how you can clearly tell what guys' roles are. You can tell that the coaches are going out saying, okay, this is your role. You do that. Michael Fraser, for example, out of Florida, he came, he was actually a five-star prospect out of high school. I believe he had comparisons to Ray Allen coming out playing for Billy Donovan. He was two for two for three. You could tell that his job is to spread the floor. Like, it looked like one time he went in for a rebound and the second he seen that his guy was about to get it, he quickly shot to the corner and his, his teammates and coaches was yelling at him get to the three. I like how, and like you said, your, your guy, Brandon Fields, your cousin, who I'm going to start calling him, he's clearly, he knows that he's going to have to make it from defensive pressure. You can tell, like, there's no, maybe. Well, it's not a shot that's getting him into the league, right? <laughs> right, right. I mean, my, I mean, a lot of these players were watching a prospect, so when I'm looking at a guy like Fields, I'm thinking, could he be the third guard on a team? Right. And, and when I watched him, I thought, yeah. So, I mean, really, we aren't out here watching, uh, you know, we aren't we aren't out here watching Russell Westbrook. No, you right. guys are literally fighting for a job at this point. Yeah, I mean, no. other than first-round picks, and, and there are a few first-round picks here. You know, we're going to watch Stanley Johnson later, Justice Winslow we watched here Cameron again. Payne. We watched Cameron Payne earlier this morning. And so there are a lot of... Uh, there are first-round picks, and it's where you get your first look at a lot of these guys. But for most of the summer league, these are guys battling for jobs, battling for NBA careers. So it's kind of nice in that regard, too. These guys are really putting it on the line. Uh, and Deshaun Thomas said it. He said he told the younger guys, not only is, is the team we're playing for watching us, the other teams are watching us, teams here and teams not here, overseas are watching. You have a lot of eyes on you. These Absolutely. guys have a last game. Make, last game I was sitting next to a guy who works for the Warriors. The Warriors aren't even in this summer league, but he's there taking notes on these guys. Other teams are watching. This is a chance to make an impact. I mean, I look at a guy like, uh, you know, not to not to bring it back home like I always seem to, but I look at a guy like T.J. McConnell on the Sixers. Who, this was a guy who was undrafted. He really had a, a good summer league last year, started to show the signs of being an NBA point guard, and he worked himself into a job. You know, this is essentially a job audition for a lot of these guys. And if the contracts now don't give these guys a little extra motivation, I don't know what will. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> there are hundreds of millions of dollars in motivation that we've seen given out over the last few days. Right. I, I really, I think I'm going to try and go grab. I really want to watch this game that's on right now because uh, my boy Nick Johnson's playing, and I say my boy, and I, I actually don't really care for him as a basketball player, but um, Nick Johnson's playing. I want to give some love to the, uh, to the U of A kids out there, um, but I'm going to try and talk to Steve Kyler. You're listening to the Drive and Dish NBA podcast. These are some post-game interviews. Our first one being with Patrick Ewing. He was talking about the game that just happened for Summer League. I promise you guys we tried to ask him about Jeremy Lin and all the uh, off-season moves that they made. He declined to comment. 
Um, what I didn't like is that we lost. <laughs> we fought back. We, we could have been able to let go of the rope, but we were able to uh, fight and come back. Uh, make, a, make a game up. It was right there at the end. Um, but we have to do a better job. We have to do a better job. One in the post, they, uh, they let them catch the ball too easy. Then they were able to get anything that they want. We have to do a better job on the, on the, uh, on the glass. We have to do a better job of helping. All the things that we worked on uh, before we came here, we didn't do today. And um, even though we had the opportunities to probably you know, come away with the win, uh, we just didn't play well enough to, to, to accomplish that. This next interview is with Aaron Harrison for the Hornets. Obviously, yeah, like you said, it's a summer league game, but in the in the in a regular season game, you can't just get to the hole as easily as it is. I still just try to balance it out. Um, we've been working on finishing a lot. Um, I think I'll finish better as the week goes on for sure, and I'll shoot it better as the week goes on for sure. So it just comes from just comes from getting a rhythm really. So I try to balance it out as much as I can. It's your second year of summer league. How is uh, your mentality different in year two than year one? I think I'm more poised this year. Um, I had a rough game today, but I'm not really. I know it's a long week. And we'll, we'll have a lot more games left. So um, I think that I just, I'm just more comfortable um, in my situation. I know I have a lot of work to do to, to make the team next year, but I, I still feel pretty comfortable in what I'm doing. And just gotta, just gotta play better. I'll play better. So our next clip is from Deshaun Thomas from the Hornets talking about his monster game in game one of Summer League and uh, kind of the past that he's had coming over from Europe. Played in Barcelona. That was a great experience playing in the top team in Europe, and uh, you know, and, and it was a great experience for me and my family. Good weather, uh, great food. You know, <laughs> you know, you can't beat it. I mean, I would suggest to go there for a vacation. I, I would go there for another vacation, and, you know, because it's, it's good and relaxing. I mean, I've, I've been through the ropes enough, you know, and, and played through pressure. Now it's just all about being solid. You know, you know, I, I'm older now. You know, been through the process. It's about being solid and just. Go out there and trying to give you your all, you know, in and in, in a professional way. I played real well in the D League, and um, you know, my agent, you know, contact them, and you know, they've been keeping their eyes on me, and um, you know, so and I'm here. What have been your initial impressions of the organization? Uh, you know, just do what I can do. You know, they want me to come in and score and also be solid. And, and the organization is great. You know, you got great guys, Patrick Ewing. One of the uh, all greats on the team, uh, great, great coaching staff who are willing to just make us better at anything we can, can do. It's the third game just finished up. The Indiana Pacers beating Orlando's Blue Squad 93 to 66, easily the least competitive game so far. <laughs> um, Indiana definitely looking really good out there, though. I think that's the big takeaway. I thought the big takeaway was the dunk. Dude, I was so excited to talk about this because I wanted to talk about how I am now on the Joe Young bandwagon. I am so far on that wagon now, and it could be just because he's the same size and height as me, and I just watched him dunk in a game, and it was magical. I, well, I think if you, uh, it's on the NBA's official Instagram now, if you need the visual. Joe Young got in the clear, just both him and his defender went up at the same time, threw down, hit the deck hard, thankfully, bounced back pretty alright, was able to get back in the game right away, but just uh, just one of those dunks where the entire gym goes quiet, or there's just like, you know, you hear the ooh. And, and that being said, we aren't supposed to make noise, because everybody in there is media, but yet it yeah. was such a vicious dunk that every 
everybody in the gym just screamed at one yeah. time. And that and that's going to be the big talk. But I think you know Joe Young definitely the standout player of the game. Eight to twelve from the field, twenty two points. You know, no pun intended. Really pacing the Pacers here. Mm-hmm. Um, another guy that I want to talk about is uh, George Yang. Uh, six of eight from the field, seventeen points, but twelve rebounds. You know, really getting involved in the game. Really, you know, doing a lot of the dirty work for this Pacers team and giving them a lot of second chance opportunities. I really think in his first summer league action, he made a big time impact. Obviously, worth mentioning, uh, Glenn Robinson did play for them as well, uh, played amazingly. But uh, we ran into Keith right after the game, and we brought up Glenn Robinson III, and he looked at us. He's like, I don't even know why he's he's playing here. He he played so many actual minutes in the NBA last year. Like, he doesn't need to be here. Well, I mean, Michael Beasley's playing in the the summer league. Yeah, that's fair. I guess we we should mention that because this is kind of live news. Like, right as it happened is Bismack Biombo. Over to the Magic. Right. The news came, like, while we're all hanging out. Standing to get a press conference. Yeah, while we're all uh, hanging out in the Orlando Magic practice facility downstairs. And just, they're going to have a defensive lineup of Alfred Payton, uh, Aaron Gordon, Serge Ibaka, and Bismack Biombo. Mm-hmm. Nobody will ever score on, yeah. on the Magic. I mean, it's I mean, very Frank Vogel-esque. <laughs> it's, it's almost too bad that they um, gave up on Victor Oladipo, because it sure would be nice for the Magic to have some sort of score. Well, that's why you got Fournier. Well, I mean, that's true. Yeah. And he fits the defensive lineup, too. Mm-hmm. But, oh well, the decision's been made. <laughs> also, uh, I ended up chatting it up with Chris Aps-Prazingis for a minute. I'm not sure whether or not the audio is going to uh, come through, but he said that he's been working on his post game mm-hmm. all summer, or so far, during well, the that's summer. That's what he was saying he was going to do. He wasn't going to play in the uh, you know the world basketball. He was going to take some time to work on his game. Mm-hmm. So, yes, he actually well, it's really neat. I mean, Prazingis going into year two, you know, just in the second half of the year, he kind of hit that rookie wall, really just kind of got beat up on the inside a little bit. So it's more of, you know, getting his body ready. It's a long season. He played more NBA action this year than you'll ever play in Europe. You know, just in terms of the the schedules are much different when you play in the NBA than Europe. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Side note: <laughs> so yeah, tall. he's a really he's a really big dude. A, a lot of the questions too geared towards him were Joakim Noah related, uh, yeah. and he said that he was supposed to meet Joakim Noah last night, but he wasn't able to, and he wasn't. He said the only time he's met him is when he's played against them. I got to be able to play in the post when I have a smaller guy on me. And with my outside when I have a bigger slowing guy on it, so um, I just got to keep improving my game. Same energy and, and keep working, and then once the season is here, I'll, I'll enjoy it more, you know, when I show something new on, on the court. You're listening to the Drive and Dish NBA podcast. Justin Kuzart, Kevin Rafuse, and Tim Tompkins. This is a little clip of an interview with Joe Young from the Pacers. It's worth mentioning he's wearing a huge dollar gold chain on his neck. He's talking about his game. He had a massive dunk, and he even hits on some free agency talk. Well, I'm just just playing the game, you know. Like I said, you know, I felt myself getting better, and I have got better. Um, Just started off slow. I feel like any... Any game is gonna start off slow for your first game, but we got we got going. You know, we maintained it, and we got to going, and I like the intensity from the team. You know, it wasn't just about me out there; it was about the team. How you know, we executed on the defensive end and the offensive end, and I feel like you know we need to do better on the deep, on defensive end of rebound. I'm just starting to people starting to recognize it. Just you know, I gotta give my, my teammates credit because you know if we weren't for Glenn to make the pass, you know I wouldn't have the dunk. So you know, all the credit goes to my teammates. Eight to 12, 22 points today. What worked? Uh, um, I mean. Well, first, I kind of, you know, try to get the team off balance, you know, get my teammates involved. And they weren't, they was trying to, like, oh, he's not attacking right now. So I was just trying to get, get my teammates involved. So as soon as I seen the open spaces, I started attacking and started making plays and started knocking shots down. So 
like I said, it's a team thing. So I'm going off my teammates, they're going off of me. So that's one thing, you know, coaches, you know, Coach Nate McMillan wants to see Larry Bird, and that's what I'm trying to do. Uh, coaches said, you know, when you go on the court, do what you do best, and always work on, you know, what you need to work on off the court, and just try to, you know, get it in the game when you can. And, you know, um, I feel like I'm getting better, you know, really getting my team and leading my team and, you know, making sure they're in their spots. And, you know, we're just going to take it. You know, it's a good game today. You just got to forget about this one and move on to the next one. We still got some more to come. I mean, it's just only can get better. I mean, they seen, they just seen us, us just warming up. You know, I feel like, you know, we could do a lot more better. I mean, we need to cut down the turnovers, and I feel like it's going to be a different ball game tomorrow. Does that money necklace have any meaning? No. I mean, Congrats to everybody yesterday. It was, it was an amazing day, but you know, when I seen that, I started you know wearing my chain a little bit, you know. But congrats to everybody on their success in their contract. This next clip we got talking to Steven Zimmerman, the Orlando draft pick, talking about his first game in the NBA. Someone just walked up to me and said, "Did it hit you that that was your first game?" And, and I don't think it has yet, but I mean, it's a, it's a great thing. Hopefully, I'm here for a while. I felt I felt great. I mean. Um, Unfortunately, we played a, a hot team in the, in the Pacers, and they, they couldn't miss. And uh, But, I mean, I think it was a good game to get everybody's jitters out of the way and, and be able to, to come in uh, next on Monday. I mean, a big thing is always finishing in, uh, uh, by the rim early. So I think that that was a, a good way to, to warm everything up and, and to get everybody more relaxed and stuff. But, um, I mean, throughout the game, I, I didn't really keep that up, but I'm not going to force shots or anything. So, I mean, it's just how the game rolls. I know that I'm only 19. And... You know, it's going to come naturally and stuff, but, um, you know, being in the weight room and, and eating healthy is definitely on my on my list right now. What was it like getting that call, seeing your name go across the bottom of the screen? Describe the emotions. Uh, it's definitely a blessing. You know, I was, I was with my family and my friends, and, uh, you know, we were all happy. All my sisters were crying and everything, so, I mean, it's a, it's a big thing, but it's just the start of the journey. Did it seem faster, more athletic than, than what you were experiencing at UNLV? Uh, a little bit. I don't think it was that much faster, but I mean, I was I was playing full court with George Niang and Demarcus Sabonis all summer and stuff. So I think it, that that definitely prepared me for it. I mean, we all since we got here, we've been working on 98% defense and, and you know being over on the help side and stuff like that. We didn't really do that that much this game. And uh, I mean, we're, tomorrow we're most likely going to work on it again, and hopefully we, we pick it up next game. I mean, I, kn I know it's a, it's a great organization, and I know that my, my agent was talking to me about this one and saying it was a big workout whenever I came here and everything. So, I mean, I think from the beginning, I was looking forward to, to you know, being a part of this. You're listening to the Driving Dish NBA podcast. We had a second to catch up with Stanley Johnson talking about his summer league play and what he's been working on this offseason. Last year, I feel like I was in elementary school, and this year, I feel like I'm senior in high school. I got the keys in the car and kind of get to go in and out when I want to a little bit. So I would say that's the maturity level that I feel like I changed. Um, a lot more confident. I think um, the work that I did this summer already, um, once I'm really finished working on everything, I think I'll be able to, be able to score from all three levels um, very efficiently um, and then defend. And then I'm going to build off that um, for, the, for the following year. That's what's going to matter when season happens. Not going to summer league and making the right hand and getting the and one. It's about going left and getting the flow and getting somebody's looking test and hit me to the ground. Can I still get the ball to the rim and finish and stuff like that? So that's one of the things I'm working on. And you know, I, that's some, I missed it. I got fouled, and you know, I made the free throws. If I, if I didn't get fouled, you know, I get up and keep playing. Any particular part of your game you worked on most this summer? Shh, jump shooting, um, jump shooting, jump shooting, jump shooting. So. Um, I'll shoot a better shot today. I was terrible, um, but you know, just jump shooting and 
pull-ups. I think, pull, I think I shot the pull-up ball today. Um, but other than that, jump shooting, pull-ups, and going left. Uh, offensively and defensively, just playing hard, conditioning myself, um, and being coachable. Jump shooting is repetition. So I went from a jump shot that I used to shoot and I changed it a couple months ago. So it's gonna take some time because first you gotta, now I have it where I do it every time, but now it has to be habitual. All the form has to be habitual. So there's only, you know, changing from here to here and then all the way up is a different shot than going from here and out, you know what I'm saying? And for me to be one of the best players in the league one day, you know, you gotta keep your shot ups and get it over people. And from taking it, it's almost like 12 inches moving it. So sometimes I don't get it. I don't get it like up all the way. But when I shoot it right, it's going to be scary. So It's fall. The geese are headed south. And it's time for you to hit the woods. So button things up, find where they hide, and pattern the deer you seek. Come into Cabela's Great Outdoor Days and save over 20% on Herder's Select Grade Handgun Ammo. Save $180 after mail-in rebate on Walther PPS M2 pistols with instant savings of $80. And get a Vortex Diamondback 3.5 to 10 by 50 V-Plex rifle scope, just $149.99. Shop in-store or netcabelas.com. You're listening to the Drive and Dish NBA podcast. Justin Kuzart, Tim Tompkins, Kevin Rafuse. Thank you so much for tuning in to our crazy random summer league episode. We will be back to a normal episode later on this week talking all things crazy NBA free agency signings. But until then, you can catch up with all of us on social media. We put up our Snapchat video of us down in Summer League on our Facebook page, on our Instagram page, and a bunch of tweets and stuff like that on our Twitter. So follow us on all things social media, at Drive and Dish NBA. If you support us, please support our sponsors. Go to driveanddishpodcast.com, click on our Sponsors tab, and support the show. I think we've done enough dancing for today, so why don't we dance Wednesday? See you, Starside. Okay, well. Hey! All right, all right. I think they get the point. <laughs> it's fall. The geese are headed south, and it's time for you to hit the woods. So button things up, find where they hide, and pattern the deer you seek. Come into Cabela's Great Outdoor Days and save over 20% on Herder's Select Grade Handgun Ammo. Save $180 after mail-in rebate on Walther PPS M2 pistols with instant savings of $80. And get a Vortex Diamondback 3.5 to 10 by 50 V-Plex rifle scope, just $149.99. Shop in-store or netcabelas.com. It's fall. The geese are headed south. And it's time for you to hit the woods. So button things up, find where they hide, and pattern the deer you seek. Come into Cabela's Great Outdoor Days and save over 20% on Herder's select-grade handgun ammo. Save $180 after mail-in rebate on Walther PPS M2 pistols with instant savings of $80. And get a Vortex Diamondback 3.5 to 10 by 50 V-Plex rifle scope, just $149.99. Shop in-store and at cabelas.com. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. 
spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.